0: welcome to Think Compliance. Today, Ahmed and I are going to be doing a follow-up piece on Robin Hood. Hello and welcome to Think Compliance, brought to you by Compleatric and Ahmed Selene. My name is Dagmar Austin. I'm happy to be co-hosting this podcast with you, Ahmed. So, what are we talking about today?
1: Uh, we're doing a follow-up on Robin Hood. I know a lot of our listeners probably aren't in the investing or financial field for compliance, but I think it's a good it's a good study around why it's important to have leaders, you know, within organization leadership, uh, you know, focused on ethical behavior and compliance.
0: So I haven't been keeping too many tabs on this, but one thing that did stand out to me was, you know, after we talked about Robinhood, you know, when they stopped allowing people to buy GME, now it just turns out in the market that they are forced to pay $700 million fine to uh, FINRA.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, so it's funny, the lawyer inside of me is telling me to just Tread carefully, right? I mean, obviously, we're a podcast; we're just reporting on what we're seeing. But at the same time, I do want to be careful about how we approach it. Um, so there are certain stories coming out about how Robinhood is definitely being investigated. There's definitely some image issues that they're dealing with related to, you know, their apps' operational functionality when it related to GameStop purchasing. Recently, the meme stock of the month was AMC. I think what's interesting, and the part that I like to focus on is their CEO coming out and talking about how he didn't feel like they did anything inappropriate. He didn't feel like they prevented anyone from purchasing the stock. I feel like it was a good example of what CEOs should not do when someone calls him out for not following the rules.
0: That he should not do what?
1: Brushed under the rug and state that they didn't do anything wrong, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of ways to handle crisis situations, right? Mm-hmm. And I personally think when you have a strong ethical culture that really buys into this idea of integrity, right? Everyone's code of conduct, everyone's policies, everyone everyone from the top to bottom will always say we we believe in ethical standards. But it comes, you know, it it really only matters when you come to the fire and you actually stand up for what's right. You know, if If in this case, let's just say Robinhood purposely did prevent individuals from investing, which was unethical, Mm -hmm. right? You want to see their leadership say, you know what? We did what we did. It was inappropriate. We'll take our fines. We'll do what we need to. I was hoping to see people within Robinhood come out, hoping to see people within Robinhood talk about how they got to where they were at, went through a process of discussion, seeing what was appropriate, you know, making sure what they're discussing or what they did fell within the rules. Um, but it's just it's just an important concept for us to really understand, which is we always talk about being compliant. Mm-hmm. It is the most frustrating thing that I feel like people think come out of my, thinks come out of my mouth, is we talk about how the organization believes in integrity, believes in ethics. It's in everyone's code of conduct. It's in your compliance plan. It's literally the foundation of what we do for a living. But have you really stopped to think about situations where you've come across organizationally something that would be unethical and how your leadership has responded to that? Mm -hmm. You know, there is no, there is no actual line that will stop us from doing something wrong, right? Like let's just say the highway speed limit is typically 55 in Illinois. My car's not going to shut down if I go 56 miles per hour, Right. right? It's that gray line where I have to, self-police to make sure right occasionally a cop will be on the side of the road pull someone over but you know statistically speaking you're going to speed and you're not going to get caught it's like that with c- compliance violations right we're talking about privacy anti-kickback false claims issues no one is going to come and stop you from doing something except the compliance people and we're always told how important compliance is when you actually deal with a big issue is compliance still important to your leadership and your organization And that's why I just find it fascinating with Robin Hood, because clearly you had an organization that has to follow a lot of rules in the finance world, code of conduct talking about the importance of ethical behavior, making sure compliance is on the forefront. And here they are possibly in a position where they were not following any rules at the first sign of, you know, something that got got tough for their organization. So I just feel like that concept and this idea is just fascinating.
0: Emmett, why is it so difficult for people to speak up? You know, people
1: ask me that question all the time. They read articles, they'll see headlines, and that's what they say all the time. Oh, this person got fired and then they spoke up, or this person spoke up a couple years later, and it's like, does it really make a difference? I always tell people, you know, like, at, at the end of the day, it's your livelihood, right? Not many people are in a position where they feel like they can do the right thing, lose their job, and still support a family, or support themselves, you know, or support their their lives or whatever whatever situation they're in um my wife and i started watching this new drama on the peacock app called dr death and if you're not familiar with it it's uh it's a, it's now a drama based on the very popular podcast that came out a couple of years about a physician in dallas who was essentially really hurting and killing people um, because he really just wasn't that good at a surgeon. I guess had a really good mind of understanding things, but not really applying them. And there's really intense scenes where, you know, the nursing staff, right, or other physicians just aren't speaking up. And it's just frustrating when you watch it. I was, You know, my, my wife and I are watching it, and I can't believe no one's speaking up. And she reiterates the point I always say, which is it's tough to be in the middle of operating room to stand up and do what's ethically right against a physician who is typically in a position of power right, in, an or, or in organizations that typically align with physicians while you're in the middle of like a hospital bed. I was in a situation where we were in a big leadership meeting, right? We're talking about 15 to 20 senior leaders and upper management, two VPs, right, so a VP in each meeting, comment at one point in a meeting and call me a terrorist.
0: A terrorist?
1: A terrorist, right, my name is Ahmad Saleem, I'm a Muslim American, right, so that's typically what I get, that's the insult, right, the associated insult. And in both situations, how do you think I responded? I would be in shock. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean paralyzed, paralyzed completely. Yeah. Didn't say anything, I don't even think I smiled, Like, but, you know, like I see myself sitting and talking to you today and I tell myself, well, why didn't you just say that's inappropriate? Right. Or, hey, that's not for this organization. Or, hey, that's you're better than that. I don't understand why. Right. These are people I reported to, had working relationships with, had never had any situations that would have made me feel like that's how they thought of me. Completely paralyzed unable to do anything, felt uncomfortable. Right After the meeting for weeks, thought about what best way to address it, right? Maybe in a one-on-one. Is it necessary to take it to HR? Never did anything because I just didn't feel comfortable. Felt like there would have been retaliation. I managed the retaliation policy, right? <laughs> right, right. And I still felt like there'd be retaliation. <laughs> right. It's very tough you know it's 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 i'm am saying this as a compliance professional right it's our job to make sure that we really fight and protect individuals when they bring concerns forward and really we really hold up to this retaliation policy because that's one of our key defenses against ensuring people report confidently and and not feel like they can't come to us but yeah it's just hard i mean i've been in it it's just very hard
0: so there's a policy of non-retaliation and a whistleblower protection policy usually in all these organizations, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the whistleblower, right, the key tam, whatever the case may be, just uh, reporting in good faith will be essentially with the non-retaliation policy.
0: But if, you know, but if there is retaliation, what kind of, do you have to go through some kind of legal process?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing that people often say, right? Like, okay, let's say I report something, I get fired. Mm-hmm. It takes, it takes time, you know, a year or two, right? right, to get any compensation once you actually have the ability to prove you've been retaliated against. Right. How many people can say, I'm not going to have to worry about my bills for that for long? a year, right. Which is very unfortunate, right? So this is where it comes back to your leadership has to actually own, right, with compliance, you actually have to mean when you say ethical behavior, that means you have to just take the penalties that come when you do something wrong. You have to take whatever image hit that accompanies if your organization does something wrong. You should apologize and wholeheartedly mean it. You should sympathize and empathize with any of the victims that you've you know, affected. Mm-hmm. You should pay and reimburse for whatever things that may have done, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like if you're a good business and you're doing what's right, I always say you'll survive, you'll get through it. Everyone makes a mistake. But lying, covering things up, pretending like they don't exist, forgetting about the ethical standards, that's gonna hurt you in the end. Everyone gets so nervous about communicating, right? I understand things are confidential for legal purposes and so forth, but when they're not, you know, say you made a mistake, accept it and do better, right? That's, that's what I want from a company. That's what I want from an employer. Um, and then work with compliance and make sure people feel comfortable with what you're doing. So it's, Obviously a lot easier said than done sitting here on a podcast with you talking about it and actually living it in the real world are two different things, but you know that's why we do this podcast that's why we try to collaborate that's why we have a network of compliance professionals, because what we do is hard and we really need to lean on each other and provide advice. Because this is very important.
0: Well, this is this has been really great information, and definitely we can all do better and support those who who do come out and say something.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully our little pep talk today gets people motivated. It's
0: great. Well, thank you for sharing those stories, especially um, you know with uh, with your personal experience uh, in this. So I appreciate that, Ahmed.
1: No problem. Thanks, Dagmar.
0: Join us for our next podcast. I wanted to also invite people, if they would like to be a guest on our podcast, please reach out to us, info at compliatric.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Comply. Have a great day, Ahmed.
1: You too, Dagmar. Okay,
0: ciao. Bye.